Welcome to the Flatline with your host, Rick Hughes. For the next 30 minutes, you'll be inspired, motivated, educated, but never manipulated. Now, your host, Rick Hughes. Good morning and welcome to the Flatline. I'm your host, Rick Hughes, and every Sunday morning, same time, same place, we come to you with 30 minutes of information, motivation, some education, and we always do that with no type of manipulation, which means we don't ask for money, we don't sell anything, we're not trying to hustle you. Our objective is to give you clear, lucid facts, information from the Bible, the Word of God, and hopefully it will help you understand God's plan for your life. If you do that, if I can verify and identify that plan, you you can orient and adjust to the plan should you desire. It's always thrilling to get letters and to hear from people. Just this week, I heard from a friend in Cheyenne who said he had accepted Christ as a result of listening to the radio show and being encouraged by one of his dear friends and others I hear from constantly. Thank you. I love to hear from you. Just don't send money. I'm not asking that. But if the Lord's working in your life, drop us an email, rick at rickhughesministries.org, and tell us what this show means to you. I always have to make decisions about continuing to broadcast various stations where we hear or don't hear from folks. So I always appreciate hearing from you and your encouragement in the long run. But uh, thank you so much for listening. You know, we talk on the flight line about God's resources, God's problem-solving devices, how if you learn them and use them, then you can stop the outside sources of adversity before they ever become the inside sources of stress. We also talk about sin and arrogance, and we've been talking about arrogance last week. I've told you how sin breaks fellowship with God. If you're a Christian and you've accepted Christ as your Savior, then the number one problem-solving device is rebound, where we recover from our sin. It's essential that we do that, and that's why the Bible says if we will confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us. And that's on a personal basis. We also have a national basis. And uh, in my opinion, we have a nation that is involved in a lot of sin. I think America is going through some very trying times, and there's some special things I would like to talk to you about today. Adversity is for real. I was home the other night and turned on the news like you and saw the disaster that occurred uh, at the Country Music Affair in Las Vegas, the senseless killing of so many people, and you wonder why God lets something like this happen. I know you wonder that. You have to. I wonder the same thing. Who is this guy that did this? Why would he do these sort of things? Well, you know, we've been so blessed as a nation for so long. And sometimes, as a nation, not as individuals, many of you have never turned your back on the Lord. You've been very faithful. He has supported us. Our Father has supported us. Our Father has kept us alive. He's kept us through wars and rumors of wars. And here we are, a free nation. And there are tough times in American history right now, very tough times in American history. Because no nation on earth has had as much blessing and as much prosperity as we have here in America. And we have so much to be thankful for and so little to really complain about. But complain, that seems to be all some certain types of people want to do is complain about a raw deal that they're getting in life. You know, the truth is when we take our eyes off the giver, and we start putting our eyes on the gifts, then we have a tendency to get jealous and a little picky. We get self-centered. We have a little pity party because 
We feel somebody's getting a raw, better deal than we are, and we're getting some kind of raw deal. When individuals like you and me, if we no longer take responsibility for our decisions, well, then evil can permeate the ground that we live in. And things like dishonesty and hypocrisy and immorality and greed, they kind of become the pattern of the citizenry. It's interesting to notice how politicians, especially if you look at the news, will use this sort of thinking like hypocrisy and greed and dishonesty, and they'll use it as a tool to manipulate the average individual who's fed by the emotions of anger and fed by rejecting the authority of the land. And, you know, basically, when everything that's evil starts becoming good, and everything that used to be good starts being called evil, it's pretty apparent. I mean, you have to be blind not to see that God's plan is being shoved aside for a better deal. (laughs) If there is such a thing as a better deal, some people think there is. So spiritual values are cast aside. Spiritual issues are marginalized. And the growing believer, like you or like me, is demonized. They say we're intolerant and we're hostile to the progressive platform of humanism and cultural diversity and whatever else you want to throw into the mix. You know, seeking political change for the sake of happiness and for equality is really a joke because the Bible warns us, the Bible clearly warns us that man cannot change anybody but himself. You can't change your children, you can coach them, you can give them information, you can't change your parents, you can't change your neighbor. If there's any changing to be made, as God the Holy Spirit convicts and convinces people, they have to use their volition to make their own decision about any change. That's not to say we can't pray for them and pray that they would see themselves as they really are. But seeking political change for the sake of finding happiness and and everybody becoming equal, that's, that's a lie. That's not going to happen. The Bible warns us that man can't change anybody. Listen to Jeremiah 17, 5. Here's what it says. Cursed is the man that puts his trust in man and makes flesh his strength. As far as we go as a nation, this is what we're looking for. We're looking for some man to change things, for some man to make things right. For some man to come up that'll get us all on the same page and give everybody a square deal, you know. But on the contrary, the Bible says this in Jeremiah 17, 7, blessedness or happiness belongs to the man whose trust is in the Lord and whose confidence is in him. So you can put your confidence in a politician. You can put your confidence in an elected leader. Or you can put your confidence in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. If that politician is a believer, that's a wonderful thing, but he doesn't have to be a believer to give us a great nation if he'll abide by the laws of establishment, if he'll guarantee freedom and guarantee marriage and family and nationalism. Those are the four divine institutions that keep us free. That's the strength and the backbone of this nation. So hoping for a change based on some man is pure, unrealistic expectation. You know, a new face with a new plan still has to deal with the lost man with an unrepentant heart. Everybody's got an old sin nature, even the people we elect to office, even the news people we watch on television. Everybody has a sin nature. 
even the principal of our schools, even the police officer, everybody's got a sin nature, even your parents. And that's always there. For by one man sin into the world, and death by sin, and now death has passed on all, for all have sinned. You won't find any American <clears throat> that doesn't have a sinful nature. And so if you think that you're going to put someone in power who has a sinful nature and that he's going to make everything right, you are really foolishly misled. There's a big push for change in America today. You see it. People want comfort. They want assurance. They want protection. They want their rights protected, and they want their voices heard. So, you know, it's amazing. People ignore the fact the Supreme Court of Heaven is open 24 hours a day. God's absolute justice always sees to it that we get exactly what we deserve. And in your case, and in my case, and in the case of America, it's grace. He gave us grace. The most amazing gift came from God, the grace that he gives us in the form of his anointed son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. He alone, Christ alone, provided for our eternal salvation by means of his death and burial and resurrection. So not only has God graced us out with his gift of eternal life, but he also graces us out with a fantastic means for us to live in the devil's world. That's right, to live in the middle of the, of the most evil thing in the history. Here it is, the devil's world. We can live in the midst of it and be completely inoculated to the evil around us and completely inoculated to the lies of the deceiver. Can't say that for a lot of people. A lot of people are manipulated, manipulated daily. Manipulated because their emotions are easily fired up and emotions are easily uh, touched. And so the manipulator does that. So in spite of all of the fantastic provisions God gives us, it appears to me, and maybe to you, that as Americans we've turned our backs on him, not, not everybody, but enough so that we are now beginning to reap what we sow. We're facing international and internal enemies that seek to overthrow our current way of life. Never lose sight of the fact that we, the United States of America, is a client nation to God. And as such, we are missionaries to the world with the good news of faith alone in Christ alone. We operate under the laws of divine establishment and we honor freedom. We respect marriage. We protect the family and we serve our nation with dignity and pride. This does not sit well with the enemy, a.k.a. the devil. By stirring internal strife and international hatred, his objective is to destroy this client nation and to destroy the impact that America has in the world. And I would say that he's doing a pretty good job of it. Now, the news has a tendency only to focus on the obscene. The news had the tendency to focus on the bizarre. There are a lot of wonderful, good things happening, a lot of wonderful, good people out there, a lot of missionary efforts going on, a lot of people from their churches taking missionary trips to foreign countries. I'm not saying that's not happening. What I'm saying is that as a whole, as a whole, this nation has turned its back on God. We forgot the giver, and we focus on the gifts. And we want more. 
We want more freedom. We want more rights. We want more security. And unfortunately, when we depend on the government rather than on God, we're putting our hope and our trust in the wrong place. So how does Satan, how does he destroy a nation like America, someone as great as we are? How could he limit our effectiveness to the world to lead the light for the rest of the world, to be the salt and the preservative for the rest of the world? Well, he starts by neutralizing us one by one. In my case and in your case, it works like this. We sin, we break fellowship with God, we fail to confess our sin, and thus we slide deeper and deeper and deeper into the pit of sin and failure. Our fellowship with God gets broken, our prayers are unanswered, and we feel totally alienated from him. But remember, it wasn't God that walked away from you. It was you that turned your back on God. It was you that went down the my way highway. He didn't leave you, you left him. Does that mean you're not saved anymore? No, it doesn't mean that at all. It means that as a believer in Jesus Christ, you decided to pursue happiness by your own means. Even though Christ told you that happiness belongs to the people who hear my Father's word and keep it. You don't hear the word of God and you certainly don't keep what you don't hear. So you've based your source of happiness on your career, on your job, on your family, on your kinship and relationship, on whatever prosperity you might have, and, and you're threatened now that someone could take away your happiness. Well, they could. You could lose everything you've ever held dear, everything you've ever counted on. You could lose everything. Do I believe that could happen to America? I do believe that. I believe unto whom much is given, much is required, and I believe as a whole, we have rejected God's word. We've rejected God's grace. We kicked him out of the public venue. You, my goodness, you can't even put a, the Ten Commandments on the courthouse square. You can't even stand in a public school and say that Jesus Christ saved me from a life of sin. Just think what you can and can't do. You can't even wear an American flag in the, in the classroom of a school because it offends somebody. We now, everything that used to be evil, everything that, that maybe you grew up and I grew up thinking was evil is now touted as good, as normal, as, as okay. And everything that, that you believe and I believe is now said to be evil, bad. Oh, those people are bad. They believe in God. They believe in the Bible. They're religious nuts. And so we are marginalized. So our fellowship with God is broken when we sin. And when we don't confess our sin, we get alienated from God. But as I said, it wasn't God that left you. It was you that walked away from him. So as your spiritual life bogs down and you get sucked into the cosmic vortex of what we call the spirit of the times, the zeitgeist, the German word, spirit of the times, then you wind up in a frantic search for happiness. You wind up spinning around and around and around and around trying to find happiness but never quite getting it. It's Operation Boomerang. Yeah, you start out miserable looking for happiness and the misery only intensifies because you go right back to where you started like the boomerang. There you are, strolling down the my way highway, rejecting everything that God offered you, 
searching for happiness in all the wrong places and wondering what's going to happen in the future. I can tell you what's going to happen in the future. If we continue to go like we're going, we're not going to have a nation much longer. We are at a crossroads in history. I I believe that with all of my heart. I've often said there's a train wreck coming and I can hear the whistle blowing right now. With the national enemies that hate us, with the internal enemies that want to overthrow us, we're at a very dangerous place in American history right now. The result is that my nation and your nation, the impact that we have for the world, that's pretty well gone. No longer can God count on us to effectively represent him in the devil's world. You know, we moved away from that. We've grown beyond that, haven't we? We, we don't mind helping people humanitarian-wise. And we go to a country and, <clears throat> excuse me, we free that country from a radical enemies that control the country, but we can't give them a Bible. We can't tell them who the real enemy is. So we leave them to fight and languish and go to war and more war and more war. The complete history of their nation is war. But don't give them a Bible. Don't, don't, don't even take a Bible with you. Every soldier that used to deploy into military activity was given a Gideon Bible, and many Gideon Bibles were given away to evangelize the local population. But today, we're told not to do that. Has America lost its salt? You better believe it. Has the light gone out in America? Well, it's flickering. Are you still saved? Yes, you are. Of course you are. But you have wound up to be a sheep that wandered away from the flock. And now, unfortunately, you cannot find your way back. And that's why I'm here doing this radio show. I'm trying to reach out to you and call you to come home. If you will admit your failure and admit your sin... God will cleanse you from that, I assure you. And you can be restored to fellowship, and the joy of your salvation can be restored. But first, you've got to see yourself as you really are. You know, what happens is when you stay on that my way highway a long time, you accumulate a lot of scar tissue. What I mean by that is I mean your heart kind of gets hard. You're not convicted of sin. You're not convinced that sin is sin, and you're, you're... You begin to look at things differently. You begin in your own arrogance, what we've been talking about, to justify why it's okay to have an illegal affair, why it's okay to steal money, why it's okay to cut in line, why it's okay to do whatever you want to do. You justify that. Your scar tissue is thick on your heart, and when the Holy Spirit moves on your heart, you don't even feel it because you have been involved in so much sin and so many circumstances beyond what you've ever could have imagined. You know how deep you've gone. You know how far away from God you've gone. But I'm going to tell you this. Are you listening? He still loves you. He still loves you. Your God is waiting patiently for you. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and fellowship with him. Basically, you put Christ out of your life, didn't you? I'm not saying you're not a Christian anymore, but I'm saying the fellowship that you and Jesus Christ had together, you pushed him out and you shut the door and you dine with your family and you dine with your friends, but you don't dine with Christ. And he is patiently waiting, patiently knocking, 
Go see who's at the door, Martha. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to come in. The Bible says if you'll confess your sin, he'll be faithful, he'll be just to forgive you and to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And that's true of a nation. Unless this great country has a revival, unless we turn back to the Lord Jesus Christ, we will have no future. You know, the accumulation of scar tissue, all of our nation is not just individually, but as a nation, that scar tissue begins to harden by our involvement in sin and circumstances. We accept what's wrong as right, and we put what's right as wrong, and everything that goes on, and yet there he is, still loving you, still caring about you. And so this message is your invitation for you to regain fellowship with your God. You must confess your sin. You must begin to take an interest in spiritual things or else your goose is gonna be cooked and you will die alone, you will die miserable, you will wonder what went wrong and will you go to heaven? Yeah, you will. But you might not be getting a hero's welcome home, that's for sure. So as your nation sinks into decay, you are the answer to the problem. You are God's child, and only your spiritual life can restore his blessing to our land. That's why Hosea 4, 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Since you rejected knowledge, I will reject you. This is a warning that Hosea gave to the children of God because now listen, there was sin in the land, there was murder, there was all sorts of things. Read Hosea chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, and then find out what the real issue was in verse 6. They rejected knowledge. No hunger for God, no desire to understand the truth of God. And when there's no knowledge, there's no wisdom. And when there's no wisdom, you are a sucker for whatever the devil throws along. So the only way out of that morass is exactly what Second Chronicles 7.14 says. If my people which are called by my name, my people, that's you. If my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, then I will heal their land, and then I will forgive their sin. So that's the answer. That's the only answer. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, I'm asking you to examine your own soul for any traits of arrogance, any traits of self-pity, any traits of bitterness and vindictive feelings and jealousy, these are all indications of mental attitude sins brewing inside of you from an arrogant heart. And my advice and desire and prayer is that you will go to your father and confess your sin. You will get under the ministry of a well-qualified pastor and you will begin to learn God's word and you will have the victory that you desire in your life. Clarence Mannion, I want to read to you something that I think is pretty brilliant here. Clarence Mannion uh, is the dean, or was the dean of Notre Dame Law School from 1941 to 1952. I'm reading this uh, to you out of a book called In Whom Do You Trust? The True Hope of a Nation. This was published by R.B. Theme Jr. Bible Ministries out of Houston, Texas. And this is what it says. Clarence Mannion, the dean of the Notre Dame Law School from 1941 to 1952, boarded a plane sometime during the early 50s. One of the passengers recognized him, went over and sat down next to him. 
Dean Mannion was doing some work, but he had to put it all away as this man began to ask him questions. He told the professor that he was one of the greatest thinkers in the country at that time, and he wanted to talk with him about the unfortunate condition of the country. So the professor, Dean Mannion, listened patiently and conversed with him and began to make some notes while the man was speaking. When the plane landed, Dean Mannion uh, got up and told the man what a wonderful privilege it was to talk with him and man that had this sort of intellect and a man that could see what he was seeing. And Dean Mannion smiled and, and the man thanked him and then Mannion handed him a slip of paper on which he had written these words. These words, listen carefully. Man begins his existence in bondage and rises from bondage through spiritual faith. From spiritual faith, he gets courage. And from courage, he gains liberty. From liberty, he moves into abundance. And from abundance to selfishness. From selfishness to complacency. And from complacency to apathy. From apathy to dependency. And from dependency back into bondage again. This is the cycle of civilization, and the only hope of breaking this cycle, the only hope is you. You, if you will give attention to the Word of God, if you will pay attention to what it says. Proverbs sixteen twenty: He who gives attention to the Word shall find good, and blessed is he that trusts in the Lord. So where do you stand? Are you part of the problem? Are you part of the answer? If you're out of fellowship with God, if you're on the my way highway, if you've neglected God's word and you sought happiness in people and circumstances and anything else, you're part of the problem. And you stand to lose everything God gave you unless you turn back to him, unless you admit your sin of neglect and rejection of God's word, unless you come back to him with a humble heart and say, Father, forgive me for my arrogance, you stand to lose everything. I pray today you will listen to me. I pray today you will realize the answer for the survival of this nation lies in the mature believer because as goes his spiritual life, so goes God's prosperity and God's blessing on this country. Satan is having his way. Satan is doing exactly what he wants to do. And the only way to stop it is to pray and to seek God's face, to seek God's counsel, and to ask God to give you favor. Are you listening? Are you paying attention? It's critical that you do, because national arrogance is about to destroy us. Until next week, I am your host, Rick Hughes, saying thank you for listening to The Flatline. Thank you for listening to The Flatline with your host, Rick Hughes. If you'd like to contact Rick, please write to him at P.O. Box 100, Cropwell, Alabama, 35054, or online at www.rickhughesministries.org.